Welcome to Winter Vista Socialist Club, the inaugural episode. Uh, I am Andrew, on Twitter as Illy Boshin. You might know me as, you probably know me as. Uh, we also have Lucy Valentine. Hello. And Ben, aka Thomas Violence. I can't believe I don't get a last name. Ed. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, sorry. Uh, t- taxpayer-funded so-called comedian, <laughs> Ben McClay. Thank you so much. There you go. You're very welcome. Uh, so, we've decided to do a podcast, haven't we? Bit of fun. Mm, bit that's of fun. fun. That's what you have to do. If you've been on the internet for long enough, it's eventually you have to start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you are, you are legally obliged to begin a podcast. Um, so, we, we had a few requests to do something of this nature. Uh, no, we didn't. I think... I didn't. Look, Did you have requests? I, was, I, I had one to two requests. <laughs> and um, I got to round it up to two requests <laughs> to do a podcast. Somebody said I would listen to that, and I just went full steam ahead. Nice. Off the assumption, off the assu- I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> and I, I want to please uh, that one person. All right, well, I really uh, hope... To that one person that's listening, I hope you're fucking happy now. <laughs> this is what you're getting. <laughs> I hope you're finally fucking happy. Uh, so, uh, I thought that we could read what will become the show's regular disclaimer up top, uh, which is based on a tweet from Ben, in which he said, Please, before you get angry about me about politics opinions, know that I'm an idiot and you're only lowering yourself to my level. And uh, that is what I would reiterate to anybody out there who listens to this and gets mad online. Uh, please, please tweet at us. We will respond with please the appropriate don't. level of seriousness. Please don't tweet at us. Do not tweet at us. If you have any issues with the content of the podcast, do anything else. Go outside. <laughs> just look at a flower for a little while. Mm, don't at me. Please don't at me. Do not at any well, of look, us. Don't at, don't at me. Don't at Ben. Definitely add Lucy because if there's one thing, if there's one thing that she tells me very regularly, it's that not enough men are telling her um, online what she should be thinking and saying. This is true. I just I really need to be told that I'm wrong by men online more often. Looking at you, yeah, Mark Latham. Yeah. Um, mm, mm. And if you could do her a favor, maybe find a couple of her jokes and reiterate them to her in essentially the same language. That would be fantastic. Thank you. She, she would love it. Uh, so, you know, we had a few things from the, from the week gone by that we wanted to cover. Do we? Um, well, look. All right. Off, off the top, one of the things that I thought would be fun to discuss on this podcast is um, the magnificent saga of the ultra-cooked brain of Mark Latham. Oh, yes. Mm. So, you know, Australians, Australians know him as the man who um, attempted to muscularly intimidate uh, little, little John Howard, <laughs> which, as, as, as things go on the political scene, it was really weird. It's an indelible image. Little John Howard landscape. actually makes him sound kind of endearing. If you think of him as just like a... Cute you know, little, little war criminal. old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ah, oh, little little John I, Howard. I, I, <laughs> little Johnny, I put it to you that in the wake of um, in the wake of Tony Abbott and Malcolm Turnbull, mm-hmm. little Johnny, he's looking all right. He is. Like he, he did some war crime, but he got some stuff done. You know, he was a he was a man of conviction. 
So you're a John Howard fan. Um, interesting. I think interesting. I've. That is I think I think I have rose. Have rose-colored John Howard glasses on because um, because like you know he even, he even did a couple of things like the gun buyback thing where it was like uh, everybody's gonna hate this but let's oh, let's yeah, go he did. he did that one and, good thing yeah, you can get on board with that you know whereas um didn't he redefine the marriage act as well wasn't that him oh yeah uh, a little bit <laughs> yeah you you're starting you're starting to really shake the foundation of my John Howard fan club <laughs> at this point. Heartbreaking. Um, Back to Mark Lane. Look, all, all I'm saying is that we all hated John Howard so much while he was in, and now I'm like, look at this guy, the modicum of professionalism. He's no Mark uh, Latham, it's true. <laughs> he's, he's no Mark Latham. Um, so Mark Latham, uh, he's so did he get kicked out of the Labour Party? He did, didn't he? Recently, or did he? Or did he quit because they they banned him from speaking <laughs> at, their, <laughs> at their party meetings? Yeah. Please, please stop talking about cultural Marxism. <laughs> Sit down. Put your shirt back on. <laughs> Do you reckon he has his shirt off? I reckon he has his shirt off when he's writing tweets all the time. He hasn't worn a shirt since he was fired from Sky News. <laughs> like he's just perpetually been like in his house in his underwear, like, lying down, using his laptop, <laughs> screaming at it. <laughs> well, 90, 90% of um, his new show is green screen. Oh, uh, I assume the clothes. So is, his, so is his suit. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he comes in shirtless, and some poor intern with a paintbrush does the top <laughs> half of his body bright green. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he had a show on Sky News. Um, he somehow managed to get fired from Sky News of all places I know, for being incredible. too bigoted, too uh, too homophobic, mm. too too angry about the feminazis. And I think the fact that he attacked one of his fellow Sky News hosts probably didn't do too well for him. Yeah, surely they no, didn't really I mean, care about the rest. Let's be real. Yeah, they're like, oh, look, okay, he called uh, a high school boy gay. Uh, that's not that bad. He did say some rude things about one of the other anchors, though, so we should probably let him go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure sure, he spent uh, a year or so um, going very hard at Rosie Batty. Oh, my God, of yeah. All people. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Because who, who out there doesn't think that Rosie Batty needs to be, you know, bought Taken to, down bought a notch, am I right? Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, which was crazy enough. Yeah. So now that he's been fired, he has his own, and you can, you can imagine my air quotes, <laughs> TV show. Um, what I, what I like the most about his new TV show is that he got fired from Sky News and he was like, look at this corporation censoring me with their rules. I am going to go out on some sort of media system that has no censorship and no rules. And I've chosen... Facebook <laughs> like, is like it's, how it's, does he make money I don't understand is there a, a well the $80,000 a year pension that we're paying him oh right to yeah. make videos on Facebook yes yeah uh, yell at minorities to um, walk around was it Chinatown was he walking around in Chinatown with a oh, microphone yeah. asking people to speak English oh, oh god that was fucking great was and then his defense of it was like Someone was like, he got into one of his many, many Twitter arguments the other day where he was 
someone was like, well, at least I'm not wandering around the streets berating minorities. And he's like, well, at least I'm actually talking to minorities. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh my god. I didn't realize that um I didn't realize that filming an actual episode of Spot the Aussie in 2017 constituted like minority outreach. But oh, apparently it does. But, um, He's doing great journalistic work. Okay, I I'm I know I can admit when I'm wrong. I'd like to issue an on-air apology to Mark Latham for what I assumed, for what I foolishly assumed was wildly racist conduct um so he's got a show now um mark de stefano from buzzfeed news shout out mark de stefano g'day has been mark. Uh, g'day mark friend of the show um <laughs> he has been cataloging uh latham's uh viewership numbers that he's been posting up and there's been like a, a really fun Little roller coaster dip dive. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Of, uh, well, I think a roller coaster having... would imply that at some point it's going to go back up again. <laughs> it's just straight down. This is just a decline. This is closer mm. to your Tower of Terror type yeah. deals. Yeah, yeah. Well, it started with more of a um, morbid curiosity viewership factor, and it's clearly halved week on week since its inception. So I thought it might be fun on our little show here to um, you know pick out some chunks of his show. To talk about maybe play some little clips have a bit of a laugh at uh the crazy cooked things that he says and then i tried to watch the show uh and i can i can very honestly say that i could do uh, 30 second to two minute intervals before i felt like my brain was being cooked in a microwave um, and I had to pause the show and rant loudly to the no one in my house who was listening to me talking about how insanely dumb everything that was being said was. Um, Can I watch it? I've never seen it. Is it it bad? It's, like, it's real bad. Uh, It was an hour long, and I'm going to say I didn't make it ten minutes deep. (laughs) Nice. Look, maybe Um, it's just really amazing in the back 50 minutes, and you're missing out on, like, some of the great TV of our time. And by TV, of course, I mean... Facebook video. Shitty (laughs) Facebook live video that he's doing. Facebook Live, yeah. Um, so, no, well, he had um, he had uh, Daisy Cousins, everybody's friend, friend Daisy of the show, on, and, Daisy, hello, yeah, friend of the show, to shout Daisy, out Daisy. Quick shout out to Daisy um, if you're listening. Uh, shout out, good, good on you. Keep it up. <laughs> two thousand. Shout out two thousand two Irish dancing competition winner. <laughs> or whatever, whatever it is. So Daisy was on, and uh, I also wanted to get a bit of a look at. Daisy because I've read some of the stuff she's written but I haven't actually heard her talking about anything at any point and I was like let's let's get some eyes on Daisy and uh, Daisy chimed in with some great points of view like um, that there's no need for for gender quotas um, on boards or in businesses or anything like that and it's it's actually very insulting to women very demeaning and insulting to women interesting according to Daisy because, get this folks, men and women, they are different. And Daisy says that um, it's because women, women like to go off and have babies. Said, <laughs> uh, which, which caused me to pause uh, the video and yell in my house, <laughs> women are the only people who can have babies. If you'd like to keep having people, someone, someone's got to have the babies. 
Look, this, this is just um, me. I, you know, this is just a personal opinion I've developed. But if I was to think of a radical explanation of where men and women come from, I would say that <laughs> men are from Mars. Mm. Oh, yes. But here's the catch. I'm listening. I'm listening. Women are from Venus. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Just, uh, just a personal theory that I have. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any literature about this? <laughs> Actually, I do have a book you might find interesting. Any reading material? What's it called? Well, um, come to think of it, it is called uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. <laughs> it pretty much sums up the text very, very, very well in the headline. Mm. Um, and then, uh, then his buddy, his little buddy on the end, Mark's little buddy on the end, chimed in with the idea that um that uh, quotas are unnecessary because, get this, women are actually really overrepresented um, oh, in jobs wow. like, yeah, well, wait, wait for it. Mm -hmm. Very overrepresented in industries like nursing and teaching. <laughs> so, so get off our case, women. Um, you know, hogging, hogging all those jobs that hogging everyone's Hogging all the underpaid jobs. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, I was going to say, you know, you know those jobs with, uh, where you get paid the absolute most and you get the most respect from everybody uh, in the world. And people, people wish that they were doing your job. Um, there's a lot of people out there who would happily, like, kick a nurse to the ground <laughs> so that they could change the bedpan oh, absolutely. that she was working on. Uh, so, so that, that was the general tone of the show, apart from, uh, Mark's absolutely frothing outrage at the start of the show that Gillian Triggs had been awarded, uh, some, some manner of free speech prize. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, that pushed his free speech buttons very hard. He's very upset about it. He likes free speech and, a lot. It's interesting, considering he's very mad about literally everything. All of his opinions He's... are definitely about things that other people have said and how they're wrong to do them. Like, mm. when he, he was going mm. off at uh, Julia Baird yesterday over, I don't know, some fucking shit. And then, <laughs> because of something that she said, and he was like, oh, it's unbelievable, you're not allowed to say this. And when she was like, your response was really insulting. He's like, you can't just tell people how to talk. <laughs> like, every single time. <laughs> oh, that's right. You had, the, you had the post about how it's remarkable that he can manage to... Um to both, like, say horrifying things and language police within one post. Yeah, he's just like, oh, language policing is the worst and never talk to me about it in these terms ever again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's elite-tier shitposting right there. But they're all like that. That's uh, All of those free speech warriors have exactly the same problems, like where they're just constantly enraged at what everyone is saying all the time and then the moment anyone says anything against them they're like that's it you try to shut down civilization because <laughs> i can't say the n-word to my children anymore <laughs> well um that's that's what i liked when they were talking about uh they're getting really mad about jillian because you know who wouldn't um they're getting very mad about it and uh the little little dude i can't remember his name i'm sure somebody can tell me uh little I have Irish no idea. Dude or whatever yeah. Um, he was really mad about it because he was like, yeah, Jillian, Jillian wishes that she could control what people say and do. Oh, yeah. And, um, he said, and he said, you can't just, you can't just live in a world where you think that you can tell people what it's okay to think and to say. 
and I I again paused the video to yell <laughs> at the ki- at the kitchen wall that we already live in that society. We have plenty of rules about stuff you can't say. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, it's been like that for quite some time. Mm. Like for a, a significant number of years that there we just got a whole list of topics. Um, you know. Can't say that you want to like uh, bang all the kids and the Nazis are awesome and that the Holocaust didn't happen. We got a bunch of rules already. Uh, you can't go up and yell at the police. Um, you know, which is unfortunate. That's the only one that I agree with them on. We should definitely get rid of that. You should be able to yell at cops as much as you like. I agree. Ideally, well, like the, we, we, the Buckingham <laughs> Palace guards, same deal. They should just not oh, be yeah. able to react to you. <laughs> like, mm. Okay, if you hypothetically. If you called one of those Buckingham Palace guards a cunt, is that legal? And does he still have to stay still? Is it legal? I Like, is that the one... That's like the magic word that makes them snap out of place and then just beat the (laughs) shit out of you? Anything up to that, they have to stand still, but that's where they draw the line, I assume. Well, um, I'll say that I think that the police should have to stand there and take um, whatever you can yell at them, but they are allowed to clap back on the New South Wales Police Twitter account. Oh, absolutely. God, I hate yeah. cop Twitter. I hate cop Twitter. Oh, so bad. fucking worse, man. Oh, look at this doggo that's <laughs> illegally searching you on a train. Lol. Small brain driving the speed limit. Genius brain. <laughs> fucking, I don't know. Whoever does this shit. This so this is so bad. This is so bad. Um, I saw an interview posted the other day with the guy who runs that account, and he was like, "We just love jokes, you know." Oh my god! And like the whole, the whole interview was the person just asking, "So who came up with this tweet?" And then reading the tweet to him, oh. and then he goes, and then he goes, "That one was me." <laughs> it's the whole fucking thing. Um, so in closing, I can't. I cannot watch Outsiders. Because I fear that um, a grapefruit-sized brain cancer is growing inside my skull as a result of looking at it. Uh, so, here's my suggestion instead. Sorry, a little clip. A little clip of our friend. Friend of the show, Andrew Bolt. Oh, dear. Hi, Andrew. Dear friend. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. <laughs> friend of the show. Shout out, Andrew Bolt. <laughs> Another friend of the show. I'm just going to... Everybody I refer to is a friend of the show. Well, we're very friendly people. Around. I feel yeah. like... Yeah. Um, you know, a stranger is just a friend you haven't met yet. That's right. Mm. That's. Can we get Ben right. off the show, please? <laughs> I'm just trying to keep an open mind, okay? Maybe yeah. we'd get along with Andrew wonderfully. We don't know. Maybe he could be a just a really nice guy that just hates gay people and women and stuff. You know. Yeah, but other than that, you know, just lovely. He's salt of the earth. <laughs> Yeah, I'm puzzled by Andrew Bolt because um, he's one of those uh, pundits that, you know, other journalists and stuff, they go, oh, yeah, he's really smart. If you meet him, he's like a really smart switch on dude. And I'm like, it's weird then that he uh, spends all of his time crayoning out idiotic columns. And um, I love reading his blog. Show. His blog's oh, his, fantastic. His blog is incredible. Did you, he I did, love the comments. <laughs> He did a uh, article like one time that was just sub-editing one of my articles. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. Oh, it had a bunch so of typos good. in it, so he just went through and corrected, like, all of the spelling mistakes. Oh, uh, there is... I don't think there's a greater level of being mad online 
than Correcting just a like, typo. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> than just, just going through and with a red pen on another piece of writing. That is great. Look, he made some good points. Um, I did have a fair few run-on sentences in there that definitely could have been trimmed. I, uh, I will begrudgingly admit that. Well, see, he was also holding the dual positions that um, he was very mad that uh, that was being paid for to be written. Mm. But he, but he was also mad that it wasn't edited thoroughly oh, enough. Yeah, that's so right. What he, he was just like, "Oh, you guys can't even afford an editor." Like every single day, you complain like, about what, the fact that we have any more funding. Of the tax money? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you want editors or do you want poorly edited stuff? You can't have it both ways. Um, so, friend of the show, uh, civil centrist, mm. old mate Liam, civil underscore centrist on Twitter. If you're going to get on him, hello Liam. Um, posted, hi Liam. Uh, posted something that I that really amused me, which was um, so I haven't even been across the story that much, but I take it that John Laws, the old um, the old old cunt. golden deep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Golden cunt, um, that he has has been subject to some sexual harassment suits. Is that mm. the deal? Apparently. So he he has a dress code that says, um, if you have a vagina, I'd like to see the bottom of it out of your skirt. <laughs> um, yeah, six six inch minimum on the heels. Whatever, whatever other freaky dicky stuff John Laws is into. Uh, and so, you know, he's been, he's been pulled up on it now and that is unacceptable to, uh, good friend, um, prime libertarian Rowan Dean from The Spectator. Also friend of the show. Friend of the, friend of the show, Rowan Dean. Shout out to The Spectator, the, uh, the favorite sheltered workshop of the conservative movement. Um, I don't know who the fuck is buying that, reading it. I don't know who is editing it. Well, apparently no I don't one. know. I don't know. If that, uh. Daisy Cousins' Bill League piece was anything to go by. They probably don't. I feel it almost either. convinced. I feel almost convinced that it's only left-wing people reading the Spectator to laugh at it at this point. That absolutely has to be. Um, so Rowan Dean, very upset about that, and I'm just going to play for you here his take, Rowan Dean's hot take mm. on um, John Laws's sexy dress code for his employees. <laughs> I am sympathetic to John Laws on this. The reason being, uh, in your introduction, Andrew, you said they, or, or Steve Price said, they are made to wear dresses. Now, the key question here is all to do with free will. Uh, if, if you're McDonald's, for example, and you say, we want all our staff to dress up in that strange little suit of theirs with a the thing around the head, if you go to work at McDonald's, you go knowingly, freely to the job, and it's spelt out to you that if you take this job, that is what you will be wearing, that's fine. If the women have gone to the jobs at John Laws and it has been spelled out at, at his radio station and has been spelled out, by the way, if you work here, sorry, you'll be wearing skirts or dresses or whatever it is, they have two choices. They can say, get racked, you know, sod off John, not interested. Or they can say, sure, doesn't bother me, I'm fine with that. That's their choice. And so long as it is freedom of choice, that's what libertarianism is all about. So it's not making the women, it's offering them that choice. Love to be offered the choice. Look. I think we can all agree, oh first up, that libertarians are literally the dumbest people alive. Literally. So dumb. I've thought about this, I've thought about this a lot recently. 
And um, I know there's a lot of really uh, vile, uh, dangerous, violent ideologies out there, but I still hate libertarianism the most. Oh, absolutely. I mm, absolutely, I agree. It's, it's, like, this is such a perfect example, and I love that he sums it up right at the end, that he just lays out this whole situation that is totally divorced from reality, from context, from, like, any any kind of semblance of being close to how the world that he's talking about actually works and then at the end he just goes that's what libertarianism is all about <laughs> making a fucking idiotic specious argument um i also really appreciate that when he got to the part about the dress code for john laws he was like skirts or dresses or whatever it is so he doesn't actually care enough to know like what the issue is but he's got a very strong opinion about women complaining about it He's just, but, uh, yeah, he's just a real piece of shit, to be honest. That's pretty much all I can say about that. I think I really it's have two... So, it's stupid. I have two big issues with it. Uh, the first being that he said, get racked, which I don't <laughs> believe is a thing. I think he's combined rack off and get fucked. Rack off, yeah, get fucked. Into yeah. get racked, which... Yep. It just doesn't... It's not uh, evocative it's... of telling someone to go away, to me. And also, the second part is that all of these fucking libertarians all you know this is always their arguments like well freedom of choice you know you've got to go just get another just job if you want to not work there yeah which is fucking completely ignores the fact that little literally every capitalist country in the world has less jobs than there are people mm -hmm. right so it's not like there's going to be an infinite supply of jobs for you to get because there is there is a finite one not everyone's going to have be able to get that job and these libertarians also don't support funding things like welfare so their solution to all problems is like, well, if you don't want to wear a miniskirt so that John Laws can stare at your butthole the whole time, you should die. That's it. That's yeah. their argument. It's like, butthole or die. Please don't ever say butthole or die again. Butthole or die. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take a slight diversion from this because with all the butthole talk, just to say <laughs> right. that um, I think there are I think there are a lot of ways that um that like straight dudes have managed to make what would normally be like a, attractive sexual things hugely unsexual with the terms that they used to refer to them. Are we talking about and number one, I'm, well, <laughs> what would you prefer me to say? <laughs> oh, the, oh, this isn't about preference. I'm just saying that my number one of those that, um, that makes me go, why would you call it that is, uh, like American dudes referring to uh, a lady's butt as her pooper. Is that a thing? <laughs> That's not a thing. You've just invented a phenomenon and now you're upset <laughs> you about it. <laughs> Buddy, you're going to be Googling poopers. <laughs> I'm going to do it Long right and now. hard after this. I mean, that I'm was my plan right for this afternoon anyway. So. Um, everybody get on the internet. Where have you seen this? Cite one example of someone being like, man, she's got a great pooper. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. I'm not even kidding. Um, and it makes me go, how, how can you have like desexualized something sexual so quickly <laughs> did you ever as a kid read like by read i mean stare at masturbatingly uh fucking it's like picture i think it's called it's the nudie magazine oh yeah yeah and they've always oh yeah that you can buy chick you can buy it before you're 18 though because it's like non-sexual content like the pictures really? are they're naked but non-sexualized so they're not like plastic wrapped and you can buy them from like 14 wow. or 16 or something 
but because they have to avoid You're being very sexy, very informed about this oh man i was like 14 and like found a stack of them and was like what the fuck it's a great time but they because they have to avoid like being overtly sexualized they have to use all of these horrible euphemisms for body parts Oh yeah, all the men's magazines, and they have all these different words for boobs, and they're just fucked up. All of them are like. Can I say up top? Can I say up top? My number one favorite uh, for breasts is Norgs. I knew you were going to say Norgs. I could sense it when you started that sentence. (laughs) Oh well, it's it's everybody's favorite, really, isn't it? I was I prefer uh, Norks with a K. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I think it's a regional regional yeah, variation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Queensland thing. You guys have Norks, we have Norks. Mm. Uh, well, I feel like most of those terms come from um, the extremely sexual land of Britain. Because, mm. mm. you know, what we all think of uh, an exotic sexual island paradise, we think of Britain. Britain's very horny, to be fair. They are horny people. Are they? Yeah. I don't know, they love their naked ladies in the, in the newspaper. Oh yeah, actually, oh, no, that's true. their, their like... tabloid coverage, where it's always oh, like yeah. some guy being like, "Oh bloody hell, I todged my wanker <laughs> in a fucking Tesco," every single story. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like British I feel like British horniness is almost a little chaste, you know, <laughs> like it's um, it, it's it's all in that kind of carry on movie kind of vein. Oh yeah, there's no um, butthole. So, Definitely no Yeah, even it. John Lewis would hate it. No one's showing the pooper. Um, <laughs> even, even like uh, you know the page three girls. That's still just uh, still just titties. I mean, mm. very very generous titties. A lot of norks. A lot of norks. Yeah, a lot of a lot of heavy norks. Mm. Um, and good on them. And good on them. I feel like they encourage um, a much healthier body image. Hmm. Interesting. So you're saying that it's woke. <laughs> uh, look, look. I'm not going to go ahead and call um, Knox Weekly the <laughs> the wokest publication. I would. I would actually. I would. Yeah, I'm backing that claim. Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's. let's... How did how did we get here from libertarianism? Uh, I was talking about poopers. Ah, poopers. Yeah, which I'm still. I'm absolutely convinced that we just dedicated maybe 15 minutes to a phenomenon that again is definitely not real. not real no one has ever done that we're basically Mark Latham right examples. now yeah, complaining about something that doesn't fucking exist specifically I'm accusing Americans of this so I'm gonna, I'm gonna find some examples alright if you are out. American uh, please tweet about this up. issue not at Sound us off in the comments. Just, yep. just tweet about it and then we'll find them yep. we'll be searching Twitter for pooper over the next couple of days so <laughs> Please get those tweets out there. Hashtag Pooper Search 2017. Hashtag Pooper. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if if you are an international listener, which I assume you are, mm. um, so something you may not be aware of is that in previous weeks uh, here in Australia, there were very large job cuts to Fairfax Media. Um, a lot of a lot of journalists. Finding out that they were going to lose jobs. Uh, 125, I believe. Please at us online with the correct figure if you, if you actually know. <laughs> wow, this is unbelievably um, insulting, but sure, please do. Well, you're the one who doesn't think poopers are real. So, uh, so this led to a, a um, strike. 
from Fairfax journalists because I think there had been another round of job cuts pretty recently as well. Mm. Um, and in a very fair way, they kind of said, how, how would you like to do the journalism without any journalists? Um, so it meant that a bunch of, let's just go ahead and call them uh, shitty scabs, mm. then... Grubs, then, uh, rats. Know, yep. Shitty, shitty scab dogs. Mm-hmm. Scab dog cunts um, put in their, their own pieces for publication during, during this lockout. Uh, among the pieces, there were, there were a few here and there. There was some very boring stuff like uh, Stephen Maine's, uh, what, you know, there was some Sydney Council piece. Was it Sydney? Was it Brisbane? No, it was Did Sydney. anybody remember? No, it was Sydney. There there some go. Sydney budget thing, I believe. Oh. And his defense was that he does it every year or whatever, and it's very important. You know, whatever. Whatever. Mm, it's very hard to, to get traction for it or whatever. But um, I feel like the reason that I don't remember what council it was is because the work itself was immediately overshadowed by Stephen's vociferous defense of scabbing mm. as, as being awesome. Um, the, I, I liked the way that he um, added other journalists and their bosses for calling him a scab. Wow. Uh, he, he accused people, he accused a woman uh, of applying a gendered insult to another woman oh, by he calling did. her a that scab. Oh, that guy. That's hilarious. Yeah. He was like, are you really going to let this journalist call a woman a scab? And everyone was like, you're yes. a fucking scab. <laughs> it, it depends. Is she scabbing currently? <laughs> Well, that's the thing, is that all of the outrage about this was them just being like, well, you know, scab is a meaningless insult you're throwing around. It's like, well, no, it has a very specific meaning, and it's literally the exact mm. thing that you're doing right now. We're just saying that you're a scab because you scabbed. Where did scab come from? Uh, I believe it's Middle Dutch. Did, ah. did, wait, no, did you, did you see that, that uh, chain of tweets where someone was yes. like... Yes, oh, I right. did. Oh, what was it oh. about? It was funny. Uh, that it came from the like Middle Dutch word for slut. Uh, oh right. So it was actually like, yeah, fucking very problematic to call someone a scab. But then, <laughs> uh, I was having a look at because there was in the screenshot that that person had posted being like it means slut. It also said that it's the same root of the word shabby. Like to say that something yeah. is shabby, so I like went had a look through her tweets, and there was like two times she'd called something shabby, and I was like, oh, oh, so it's fine to call someone a slut, man. Well, huh? well, the worm has turned. Uh, there you go, Middle English as a noun from the Old Norse scab, related to dialect shab, compared with shabby. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The sense contemptible person, aka fucking dog cunt. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in, in contemporary English, I think the analogy would be that you are committing a dog act. Yeah, dog uh, act. And, and we, don't, we don't appreciate it. Dog act. I think, was, was, the defense, was the defense of the lady in question who had been so savagely slandered by being called a scab, um, was that lady house is always haunt? Ha- that is house is always haunt. Uh, and that... That brings us. That brings us to our actual topic. Uh, I, let me just read the original headline, just so it's fresh in everyone's minds. Oh, do it. Read it with the commas, you know, as they are. Oh, okay, but the first one, the first version of the headline, didn't have any commas of it. 
Really? Uh, so they did one without commas, then one with commas, and then an updated one. So we'll go with the first one. <clears throat> yeah. May 5th. I have no experience of ghosts, but houses always haunt, as moving proofs. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. That's a good headline. Mm. It's fantastic. Oh, that's a sentiment everyone can identify with because it's it's happened to everyone <laughs> and also it's words you can understand. I mean, I, for the record, I too have no experience of ghosts. Me either. But house is always haunt, as moving proofs. <laughs> See, I, I would say that you don't actually have to have experience of ghosts because if you have ever moved house, that will prove to you that house is always haunt. Oh. Mm. Oh, because that because house is always haunt. Always. Yeah. As moving proofs. As moving proofs. <laughs> so I feel like that kind of I feel like that kind of excludes the need to even have any prior experience with ghosts. But she was just making sure to clarify that she was a little bit cynical about if house is always haunt. You know, she came with healthy skepticism mm. because she mm. has no experience of ghosts. Now I'm wondering if you can um, wonder if you can elaborate on something for me here, because I I never read the whole article oh, because um, missing out. I'm not because I'm not crossing that picket line. <laughs> I'm putting my eyes on the other side of the picket line. <laughs> um, but I was given to understanding that she kind of compares selling her house to slavery. Oh yeah, let me just oh. bring up that paragraph because that is. That is a corker. Uh, all of them are good. It's just every every paragraph every is amazing. Every sentence is just fantastic. It's really and it's, it's brilliant. They're all as unintelligible as the headline as well, which is amazing. Uh, they didn't take the slave paragraph out, did they? No, it's still here. Oh, thank God. Uh, Excellent. The image. Because why would you change it? <laughs> the image that keeps bringing to mind is of a slave sale. You know the scene. <laughs> The people all are lined mm. up, chained and naked, while fat white men with cigars and ugly grins peer indecently at their feet and nails, feel their flesh and pull open their lips for dental inspection. I think she's talking about people inspecting your house before buying it. <laughs> that is exactly wow. like slavery, really. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, I'm glad that she could share um, that experience with us. Because that's, I'm sure that's exactly what it's like. Mm, I definitely mm. feel like that every time I sell one of my many properties. <laughs> uh, I also just wanted to highlight uh, the, I believe this is the last paragraph. Uh, no, it's the second last paragraph, which I think is meant to be a summary of her uh, arguments, maybe. Uh, you might think this is a good lesson, and it is. Ghosts? Sure. House is always haunted. <laughs> Perlu, stamping ground, den. Houses animated by the entwined spirit of self and place. It is also the origin of your bigger home self connect. With the planet, back laid it at your peril. Is that that's, it? That's, <laughs> that's it. That's the paragraph. It doesn't mean anything. That's incredibly... That's some deep stuff. I feel like this is uh, what I would have written in my like journal when I was like 15 and really emo. And thought it was like really hmm. deep. It feels like she's intentionally using, like, nouns where she should be using an adjective yeah. just to fuck with people. Like it. So, oh, at, like, a week later, after the strike had ended, they finally updated the headline because, obviously, any rational person reading that headline would assume 
that there had been some huge editorial oversight and that yeah. it just slipped through the cracks. But it was left up for the better part of a week. Uh, but the updated one was, I have no experience of ghosts, but a house is always haunted, as moving proves. Which is still just oh, as bad. Oh, they did change the haunt. Okay. But yeah, instead of using haunt in the weird noun sense and house in a weird general sense, they kind of elaborated on it. But I have no experience of ghosts is still a really awkward construction. Like, you get Andrew Bolt onto mm. it. For a start, <laughs> get him mm. to edit this. I would say I have no experience with ghosts. Yeah. Mm. Was that? Um, or, or I would say I have no experience of the supernatural. You know, Ooh, certainly like, that would work. Got a real writer here. <laughs> mm. Th- thanks. Give me some of that taxpayer money. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I like that. Um, a, I like that it immediately became uh, a meme. Mm. Oh, I love it. I- I'm still considering getting a House is Always Haunt tattoo at this part. Like, that's <laughs> definitely on the cards for me in the future. Well, look, if there's one thing that has absolutely 110% of the time worked out for everyone who's ever done it, it is getting a tattoo based on a meme. Yep, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. And for that for that reason, I completely support Thank you so idea. much. Um, so, she, she got... Very mad. She got very butthurt online uh, that people were critical of the fact that she had chosen to break a picket line to publish a pile of um, complete shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unintelligible, garbled, uh, weirdly racist ramblings. Um, So, you know, she, she took to Twitter to defend herself against the slings and barbs, as one would. Uh, people replied by calling her a scab. Mm. Like hundreds a of people. people. It's beautiful. Of people. You just scroll down the replies, yeah. and like the only variation yeah, scab, in scab, scab is like something like scab dickhead. Scab, scab, scab. scab. Yeah. You, you, you fucking scab. Yep. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, so she did what any reasonable person would do, and rather than just tap out at that point and say... Um, Clearly, people are unhappy about this, and I've, you know, I've, I've backed a dud. Rather than do that, she chose to publish a column in which she defended her choice um, and insisted that she wasn't actually crossing a picket line because she's not a permanent employee of Fairfax and instead is a freelancer. Mm. So maybe if she had, like, a salary and a desk and stuff, that would be valid. But instead, she was like, hey, I just, I just did... How can me doing work for this uh, company in place of the people who normally do that work, but they are currently on strike, be seen as scabbing? I don't understand it. She also used a very large part of the article to talk about how unions are bad, which was fantastic. Uh, There was... uh, What's the paragraph here? Oh, yeah. I, I believe deeply in justice and the common good, but have never joined a union because I distrust the easy slippage from collectivism to coercion. Coercion was never a friend mm. of truth, and for me, last week's trollage confirms this. Trollage, wow. Oh. Trollage. Mm. So she complains a lot about how the unions have never done anything for her, but then also says straight up she's never joined a union and that she hates them. Well, if... I don't have it in front of me, but if I recall correctly, uh, she actually she actually says, like, they never, like, came and begged me to join, <laughs> and that's why I didn't join. It's like... That's what unions uh, do, right? Fucking... Beg people to join. Yeah. 
Yeah, unions are there basically just to make sure that you personally are getting exactly what you want out of your situation and um, and everybody else can just kind of fucking sort their own stuff out. She also uh, says that she, like, wholeheartedly, you know, doesn't want these people to lose their jobs and supports the idea of the strike or what they're striking for or whatever. But then the whole crux of the article is like, oh, the, the only way you have to fight back against it, don't use it. That's bad. It's just mm. unintelligible. And then she does some wonderful uh, both sides isms towards the end, where she's like, <laughs> "Yes, both extremes of politics drift towards the totalitarian, and there can join, making communism on the ground often indistinguishable from fascism. Tolerance, <laughs> difference is the key to resisting Ooh. this drift. To so all those who vowed Ooh. to never read me again because I'd broken the strike, I say this." To read only those with whom you agreed is to slit your own intellectual throat. You'll end up voting for Trump. Wow. And the worst part is when you slit your own intellectual throat, you become an intellectual ghost and um, will wind up haunting a house as moving (laughs) proofs. As moving proofs. I just want to close out uh, that bit of conversation by just saying to that lady in parting, uh, you fucking scab. You scab. Scab dog. Yeah. Mm, Scab dog. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on being a fucking scab and then writing an article about how you're a scab. I'm gonna, gonna go to the mailbag. Yeah, let's go to the mailbag. <laughs> I'm gonna go to the mailbag. All our fan mail. That we already have. Throw it out there. I wondered if, um, if, anybody, <laughs> if anybody had some, some sensible questions. There are and some course, sensible questions. Of course we do. A uh, friend of the show, Liam, civil centrist, uh, wants us to talk about our dicks and pussies. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. We so said we would. Uh, my penis thing of beauty. Uh, it's had several songs written about it. Uh, looks like it's carved from marble. <laughs> Constantly stays as hard as something that has been carved from marble, wow. which is hugely inconvenient. It is like a curse upon me. Um, I can't buy any pants that fit. I pretty much never get to leave the house. Mm. I have to do all of my meetings at work via video conference, uh, where I'm being filmed from the waist up. So, in closing, you don't want this penis. Did you write that as, like, a script before the show? No. I mean, you really, was, you really thought about that. That was That's beautiful. Nice. No. Well, look, I'll tell you, I can, I can make something up about my penis just right off the bat. Oh, it's, so that was fictional. It's good. Mm. Ooh, Ben. Um, oh, oh. Is it? Sure. <laughs> That's, no, it's, it's true. My penis is not actually a, a chronic impediment to my life. <laughs> Uh, friend of the show, Dan Nolan. Hi, Dan. Shout out, Dan. Hello, Dan. How you doing, Dan? You app bastard. Uh, Dan asks, you app-making son of a bitch. Uh, Dan asks, what is the worst current online trend? Mm. What is the worst? I think all online trends are good. Oh. I love memes. Absolutely all. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna modify Dan's question to okay. be, which, which meme has most recently peaked you want people to stop using mm. alright this isn't even recent but if I I just want to stab everyone that says doggo or papa or any any oh. variation yeah. on that oh don't get me started no it's a, I'm starting you <laughs> getting all hot under the collar gets just me mad doggos. online fucking it used to be you could uh, enjoy dogs like a normal person like we all know dogs are good we're not fucking idiots we're grown adults who are like, yeah, I love hanging out with dogs. You don't have to fucking turn into like a six-year-old 
the moment you talk about them online. You know, you know who likes hanging out with dogs? Chris Kenny. <laughs> nice. He fucks dogs. He fucks them. Yeah, he does. He does. Yep. Uh, so this is all over after the first episode <laughs> as we all sued into the ground. Mm. My, okay, my favourite thing about that is that he's still, to this day, whatever people go him online, he's like, oh, it's defamation, which implies that there was, like, a reasonable person would reasonable, believe that he had yeah. fucked a dog. It's so good. Uh, I'm reasonable yeah. and I believe he fucks dogs. <laughs> I'm actually the most reasonable person alive. I agree. Well, well, well let me say this. Um, I'm a reasonable person. I'm an insanely reasonable person. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if you immediately take out a lawsuit against somebody who says that you fucked a dog, uh, you're taking it very seriously, and this means you probably fucked a dog. Absolutely. You might have been, like, mid-dog fuck when you saw that Chaser episode <laughs> and then just became irrationally <laughs> furious. <laughs> That's the problem. It just it ruined what he was doing. He's never been able to let it go. He's just he's never been able to get back into the zone like that ever since. And we're all going to court. Please don't sue um, us. I have. Yeah, it's I not don't like have any money. He's demonstrably highly litigious. We'll be fine. Yeah. So Dan, in answer to your question, the worst current online trend is um, Chris Kenny fucking doggos. <laughs> yeah. Puppers. Banging doggos small, and puppers. Small puppers. Mm. Alright, uh, what else we got? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Bede, old friend, Bede Kelleher, friend of the show. Mm, Shout out, Bede. Hello, friend. Mm. Uh, when is someone too old to partake in social media? Are there different limits for different platforms? Asking for a friend. Twitter should be exclusively 25 to 35. 35? Yeah. I got got months left then. I have very little time. Look, you've had a good run. You've made some good good content. You've posted some some of that good shit we know and love. (laughs) But your time is almost up. I'm sorry. Posted some steaming hot content. Um... Yeah, so, well, there you go, Bede. If you are older than me, you should already be off the internet. I Facebook. do think boomers, boomers need to log off. They, yeah, they can to log on to Facebook. Yeah, though. well... Yeah, they got Facebook. Um, Facebook's for everyone. Facebook is from 12 to roughly 100. I think that's acceptable. Yeah. yeah. I, I dare say that Facebook itself changes your usage um the only thing i ever use facebook for anymore now is that i post uh, some pictures of my children and then my relatives like those photos Mm. and that's the end of my interactions with facebook i use facebook strictly to talk about nice things that happen to me because if i did that on the internet people Uh, would make fun of me so i would i would make fun of you yeah exactly so that that all goes on facebook and then all the shit things that happen to me go on Twitter because then people would make fun Straight of me Twitter. put that on Facebook That's Twitter's so good you can yeah. you can tweet about that you want to die and everyone's like hell yeah, yeah relatable nice. yeah I also I too want to die that was with three O's that time mm. yes nice mm. and, uh, I'm often getting called out for abusing my privilege as a person who doesn't actively want to die wow wow just really 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 rubbing it into people's faces you know you can't just say that. You can't just say that kind of thing that you want to live. You can't. It's disgusting. You absolutely can't. No. You absolutely can't. 
All right, we got a we got a question that I like here. Mm. Uh, from a guy whose screen name is Virtue Signaler, but I'm not going to read out his handle because it's just a whole bunch of numbers and letters. Okay. And we, who has the time? Honestly, who has the time? Mm. Uh, but the question is, is Mark Latham the Aussie Cernovich? If not, who is? Who am Aussie Cernovich? Mm. Mm. And um, I, look, unless there are like really popular um, Australian like, crazy racist YouTube accounts that I just don't know about. I'm sure that they exist. Um, I'm sure oh, we could find some. Yeah, in the same way that, like, I know that Dingo Twitter exists, but it doesn't mean I have to look at it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Uh, I, I would generally say maybe, like, um, Sky News kind of seems like the most weirdly cooked right-wing shit but everybody on it is also uh, very old and very um, self aware and has no idea how to use social media for anything or like make a YouTube video or any of that kind of shit. So I'm really struggling to think of if there's anyone on the Australian landscape who is comparable to old um, Gorilla Mindset Mike. I don't know if there um, is. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like the thing with Mindset expert and incredible genius Mike Cernovich is that <laughs> the, him and all those people are trying to tap into like young people and trying to make being like the worst racist shithead in the world seem cool to them like they're basically mm. they're trying to uh, manipulate all these people that have lived their entire lives on 4chan being racist and now want to enter the real world and still be racist. So these people are like, no, 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 no. Racism is racism is cool now. You can get a nice haircut. You can, you know, yep. wear a dress jacket if you want. That's a that's a thing you can do. Whereas Latham is just yeah, like a dapper racist. Yeah, and then you'll get profiled by a million different magazines who are completely uncritical of your views. Uh, mm. But whereas Latham and his ilk are just throwing shitty ideas out into the void. The Void, of course, being Sky News, which is watched by ten people, and all of them are journalists. Yeah, uh, they all kind of look like bloated drunks in ill-fitting suits. I wonder um, why that is. I wonder why. Mm. Yeah, I think Mark, like Mark Latham's more of a Alex Jones type operator, just very angry and colourful in his face when yes. he's yelling. Mm. Well, um, whereas like. You know, Australian young conservatism seems to be kind of limited to um, being a young liberal, which is the wackest fucking shit you can do on the planet. It's basically, you're just opting to not have sex in university. (laughs) You've just walked in on the first day and been like, well, not for me. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, These genitals are off limits. Thank you. (laughs) It's the the Volsell party, young liberals. Um... Yeah, like, which which is already uh, insanely uncool because they're all just fucking weedy little white dudes in, um, in like, shitty suits. Shout out to Caleb. Hello, Caleb Bond. Shout out, Caleb. Hello, Caleb. Um, see, I, I don't know if Caleb shares any friend of the show, Caleb Bond. Um, I don't know if Caleb uh, has a, an affiliation with the Liberal Party or if he definitely votes for them or whatever. But um, Oh, he's, he's pretty critical said, of them. said something about it before. I think he's a... Uh... Oh, yeah? Is he partially an Abbott holdout? Is it? I feel like I've noticed that really? something a little bit. Yeah, where he's just like, oh, I don't know about this weak lefty Turnbull guy. <laughs> I love when they call Turnbull a lefty. Oh, oh my so god, it's good. so amazing. <laughs> Great, isn't it? 
Um, so yeah, like it seems like the only sort of prominent uh, Australian young conservatives that we have are like 17-year-old fucking Caleb Bond and no one should be taking that seriously as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 26-year-old uh, stay-at-home dipshit Daisy Cousin. I think she's I think actually she's 28. Um, oh, I think you'll find. Yeah, 28. I'm sorry? 28? I'm pretty sure. Because she's is. older than me. Uh, which is... She's only, she's only a few years away from having to stay off the internet. <laughs> she's not far, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, like Dave, you got Daisy, you got Caleb, um, I don't know, like, you got James Patterson and shit, like, Oh, Except yeah, he's 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 straight back into the liberal bucket anyway, mm. um, which is which is extremely um, status quo. It's very. Why do they all look like you know, him? Why do they party? have that like that face? Is it like genetic to be a young liberal? You know the face well, I'm talking I've, about. Yeah, yeah, I've explained this before. Where I think that um, the 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 people who become libertarians, the thing that. Uh, all libertarians seem to share in common is that they are all young white guys. <laughs> the most hardcore libertarians mm. are all young white guys, which oddly enough happens to coincide with the group uh, that will probably have had the least institutionalized oppression leveled mm. against them mm. ever, which is why um, you manage to make all this time to only fucking complain about things like, why can't I yell the N word on the bus? <laughs> And how come it's so hard for me to get an automatic weapon? <laughs> like, these things that literally affect no one but fucking you and your own personal hobbies or proclivities for just screaming shit at strangers. Uh, these are the, you know, the paramount political issues of the day to people like your, your David Lane home. Mm-hmm. Hello, David. Shout out to David. Uh, friend of the Big show. Fan. I'm, I'm not going to call David a friend of the show because... <laughs> That's where you draw the line. Me. He has blocked me on Twitter. Uh, he's blocked me as well. Uh, oh, he won't how... block me. That's because he doesn't why, respect why you as much be because you're a woman. <laughs> he doesn't respect me. <laughs> That's right. Doesn't respect you enough to, to, to give me. you the, the satisfaction of being blocked. He doesn't fear you enough to block you. Mm, he's very sensitive, old David. He is. Um, so, David, if you would like the official title of friend of the show, please unblock me on Twitter. If everyone could please uh, tweet at David to tell him to unblock us on our behalf. That would be wonderful. Oh, please do. Yes, that would be excellent. Um, hopefully, at some point, we can have him on the show. He can tell us all about how um, guns rule. Oh, I'm on his profile. Yes, they do. I mean, like... I'm on his profile. There's, there's a meme. He's posted a meme. Oh, no. Uh, it's, a, it's a picture of someone with a seatbelt and a picture of someone mm-hmm. with a bulletproof vest. And it says, government mm-hmm. logic... Seatbelt may save your life, required by law. The bulletproof vest may save your life, prohibited by law. Interesting. Oh, mm. see, that makes sense mm. because people can also wear seatbelts so that they can not be killed by cops when they're going on a shooting spree. Mm. Mm, this is true. So it's that's yes. how those two things are equivalent. So I see that. Yeah. Is it illegal to wear a bulletproof vest? I think it's illegal to buy them. Huh. Probably anything that makes you relatively indestructible to bullets. <laughs> I mean, I feel like people aren't buying those for good reasons. Oh, yeah, probably not, hey. I mean, just a feeling that I have. <laughs> so, uh, alright, I'm, I'm moving on to another question here. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've answered the question, uh, no, I don't think there is an equivalent Australian Mike Cernovich. Please, at me, 
if you can think of anybody, because I'd like to know so that I can set about immediately ignoring everything that they say. Uh, Alright, we've got a, got a couple more. Got time for a few more. Hmm. Uh, Tim. Tim. Shout out, Tim. Uh, at a big dumb baby. Hello, Tim. Asks a very important... Hi, Tim. He asks a very important question. Uh, politics, good or not? Hmm. Wow. I'm going to say on one hand, Look. extremely good. But... I would say it's extremely good. On another hand, extremely bad. <laughs> very bad. It's <laughs> the worst. Bad. I think that pretty much sums it so, up. Hmm. Well, all right. I'll say that I think that actual Australian politics, extremely bad, mm, right? Agreed. Um, absolutely nothing is happening. Nothing's getting oh, done. That's terrible. Uh, nothing's changing. Um, the only thing uh, major political parties can agree on is that uh, being very racist to immigrants rules. Torture? And Torture camps are great? Yeah, if you can put anybody trying to come to this country into an offshore gulag and keep them there forever um, in a place where all the people hate them and attack them regularly, then you should absolutely do that. So real politics in this country uh, sucks super hard and are so stagnant that um, I'm not even interested in them now. And the only thing I wind up talking about is stuff like um, a house always being haunt and what temperature Mike Latham's brain currently is inside his skull. Why have we started this podcast? Why have we done it? All right. This is the last episode. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in as we all come to the realization Politics. that we don't need to po not poison good. our brains. <laughs> Politics. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an official designation of not good. Can we all rate politics everywhere. out of ten? I'm going to give <laughs> politics a solid five out of ten. Uh, that is some fence-sitting shit. Yeah, don't, don't fence it. I'd give it a... Yeah. I'd give it a six. <laughs> wow, brave. <laughs> I'm going to give it a three and a half. Ooh, well, there you go, Tim. Mm. Politics. On average, it's... Uh, 14.5 <laughs> divided by 3 out of 10 yeah and that's that's conclusive yep um alright alright we got a, got a few more well, uh, um, okay um, all of the questions everyone asked me were dipshit questions from foolish losers uh I have one question from well, we've... reader Ayn Randy aka Theo <laughs> hello Theo <laughs> Uh, Shout out Theo, friend of the show. Uh, he asked, what that mouth do? <laughs> uh, which in response, I would like to say, uh, uses speech to text to email his wife. <laughs> mm. Nice. Mm. And look, uh, if anybody listening to this could take the chance to at Iron Randy's wife on Twitter, uh, that'd be great. If you could email her, that would be even mm. better. He would love that. We urge you. He's often asking. Please email his people, wife. Please. Please email my wife. That's what he's just constantly saying. Uh, you can't get enough. Um, friend of the show, Alex Watts, at Solwat. Dear friend. What's up, Alex? How you doing? Dear friend of the show, Alex. You were on his uh, podcast very recently, weren't you? I was. It, it was a great time. It was much more professional than this in pretty much every way. <laughs> Oof. Alex. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Anyway, uh, friend of the show, Alex, he asks, which city is the good city? 
Oh, I... And to Alex, I would say uh, this one's hard to hard to nail down because I am in Canberra, uh, Lucy is in Melbourne, and Ben is in Brisbane, which leads me to say that we can conclusively define Sydney as the worst city. Absolutely, I would agree. I Absolutely agree. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. S- Sydney, festering smoking boil on the side of this beautiful country. Um, the sooner it breaks off, floats away into the ocean. Uh, the you know the better off we'll all be. I've been Can't told. Disagree with you there. Uh, many hmm. years ago, on some sort of tour of the harbour, that uh, Sydney is slowly tilting into the ocean. Uh, really? That the That's east good. coast is slowly geologically, you know, speaking, sort of going down as some plates are shifting. <laughs> and I would just like to say, cannot happen fast enough. Hmm. I think for the most part, Australia should just sink into the ocean at some point soon. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. We've done enough posting. We've made all of our valuable uh, cultural contributions, which I believe uh, Crocodile Dundee did that good Simpsons episode. <laughs> yep. Uh, bringing Harry Connick Jr. over from New Orleans to show him some blackface. Oh, oh God. Brilliant. That was wonderful. That was what a day. Clap. Classic, classic Australian moment. It's the first time we ever had a celeb visit the country in the history of Australia, and we <laughs> immediately were massively racist yeah. in front of him, proudly, showing it off like a child. Look how racist we are. Check this out. <laughs> you ain't Ooh. seen shit. And then we had all these articles about him where we were like, Ooh, who's this fucking dickhead? <laughs> it was great. I love this country. Oh, it was so bad. Look up that clip, folks, oh, if you are. Uh, if you'd like the... to just hey, hey, if you'd like Saturday. to cringe. Yeah. Hey, 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 it's Saturday Blackface. Punch that into YouTube. Please do. And see um check yourself out a little strange Australian cultural artifact right there. <laughs> uh alright, I've got to take one more. Uh from Jared Bartle. At Jared Bartle. Jared with a Y. Uh, I guess you, you can be a friend of the show. Oh, he's, Thanks for writing. He's a friend of the show. Friend of the show, Jared. He's a friend of mine. I will say that. Oh. Ooh. Well, I, I've never met him. I've never met him. He doesn't follow me on Twitter, so uh, <laughs> what can you really say about that? Mm. You know? How much of a friend can you be? Uh, Jared asks, consensual cannibalism, yay or nay? Ooh, I'm going to take a libertarian perspective on this and say absolutely mm-hmm. yay. It's freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. If you want to get eaten, yeah. you can just, just go for it. I'm going to say yes, but with uh, some sort of mental health checks involved in both parties before you are licensed to undertake the cannibalism. Mm. PC police over mm. here. <laughs> I just want to, you know, just make what, sure. So only... only- only neurotypical people can eat each other. Now. Oh, that's that. <laughs> what you're saying. I'm just saying that this is for me personally, that if I'm having some sort of episode and I ask someone to eat me, that there are at least a few steps involved before they're allowed to. This is for my own protection. One day you're going to do this and you're going to regret saying this. And I'm going to be like, no, Ben, you said we have to get the mental health checks and you're going to hate it. What, when I start complaining about all the paperwork I have to go through to get someone to eat me? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> Who'll be yelling about the nanny state then? I have to fucking uh, go down to Queensland Transport and get signed off. I just assume that's where you get licenses <laughs> for things. I mean, I at least so. up here. So, yeah. Uh, personally, this question makes me think of... Uh, I want to say it was... Was it German? Oh, the German guy? German story that from a couple of years ago, and the guy, like, had somebody eat his, eat his dick? Yeah, wasn't that a thing? That was real. 
Yeah, he um he he got in touch with someone on German Craigslist. Um, <laughs> I believe it's and Craigslist. I, I think you'll find. <laughs> got in touch um, on the old list and said, "Does any would anybody like to eat me? Uh, consume my flesh?" And of course, because it's the internet, someone immediately said, "Yes, please." <laughs> and they came around and they um, ate his dick. They cut the dude's dick off, and he and the stranger just cooked it up and ate it oh. while he was hanging out. All right, I don't know if this is the story you're talking about, but I did uh, Google uh, German dick eating. <laughs> German dick eating cannibal. German dick eaters. So this took place in 2001. So I think this is like the story that everyone refers to when they were like vague German cannibalism thing. Um, so yeah, actually, I think this this might be the guy. So Armin. Some German last name. Uh, posted an advertisement Armin on the website. Van Buren, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so he, oh, he listed this on a website that was for this. So he posted an ad what? on the website Cannibal Cafe, a blog site for people <laughs> with cannibal fetishes. <laughs> uh, he stated that he was looking for a well-built eighteen to thir- eighteen to thirty-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed. Uh, Bernd oh. Jürgen Armando Brandes. An engineer from Berlin answered the advertisement in March 2001. Uh, many other people responded but backed out, whereas this guy was not a coward. Uh, That's right. Man of conviction. So the two made a videotape when they met on 9th March 2001 in Rotenburg uh, that showed Muse amputating Brandis' penis and the two men attempting to eat it together. Uh, yep. Oh, God. Brandis had insisted that Muse attempt to bite his penis off. This did not work, and ultimately he had to use a knife. Uh, he, the dude who had his penis cut off then tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but could not because it was too tough. <laughs> and as he put it, chewy. So then they fried the penis in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. He then fried it with some of the dude's fat, but by then it was too burned to be consumed. Oh, uh, what a waste! Yep. You don't want to um, you don't want to overwhelm the natural flavors of the oh. dick. That's mm. oh, that's what I'm saying. Like God. all that garlic and wine, like. Can I? Sorry, there's just one more sentence here that I want to read out because it's just a wonderful combination of words. Uh, according to court officials who saw the video, which has not been made public, Brandis may have already been too weakened from blood loss to eat any of his penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. Poor dude. Oh my god. I'm sorry. All right. One more. <laughs> While the dude lay, uh, so the dude gave him large quantities of alcohol and painkillers, twenty sleeping pills, and a bottle of schnapps. Kissed him. Oh my god. And then finally killed him in a room he had built at his house for this purpose, the slaughter room. Oh, that's kind of oh. nice. That's really. He got what he wanted at the end. He did. Oh. It's like it's like euthanasia. You know, you gotta support it. Is the guy still alive? Yeah. What's his... Oh, he's in jail. His life in jail. Oh. All right. Yeah. Wait, the guy who ate I'm, the penis? I'm just going to throw The it guy out. who ate the penis. The guy whose okay. penis was ate is, is real dead. He's real oh. fucking dead. Well, he died doing what he loved. So <laughs> I'm, happy, I'm happy for him. He's <laughs> getting his dick cut off and being murdered. And being yeah. murdered by a German computer repair technician who wanted to eat his dick. Yeah. Look, um, I'm just going to throw out an opinion, which is that um, of all the parts of the human body you could choose to eat, that I feel like the dick would probably be, be like the least, least appealing, uh, the least tasty, mm. the least satisfying, the least like easy to cook. 
Um, like you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you go for like a? You wouldn't seek out the dick on like if someone was like, "Hey man, I've got this whole like fucking Kobe cow for you. It's worth ten thousand dollars. Super rare. Have any part you like. Give me, give me the end of his dick. <laughs> Just give me yeah. the like worst, most horrible part that he has. I will have yeah. cow dick. Well, I guess it has to be cattle dick. Or cows are not no. Yeah, just have yeah, bull, bull. Let's assume bull it's a bull. Yeah, Let's assume yeah. it's a bull. Bull dick. But um, but yeah, why not go for I don't know. Like, wouldn't you be looking for analogies to like the the good the good part of um like a cow or a pig? Yeah, you yeah. want something so fleshy, just, really. Yeah. Although, look, oh, but, you know, when you're posting things to a, a cannibal fetish website, which by the way still exists. You can look it up. It's like a G- it's a GeoCities page. Oh no way! <laughs> I just found it on Reddit. <laughs> it's not. It's no good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent stuff. All right. Well, um, I feel like that's that's this week's questions. This yeah. Week's questions all yeah, done. Yeah, uh, Jared, I I sincerely hope that answers your question. I hope so. Yeah, we are we are all in favour of um, asking someone to come to your house and eat your dick. I just want yeah. one more bureaucratic step in the process. Not that big an ask. Yep. All right, come on. Ben wants a lot of paper. Ben wants a whole lot of paperwork. I'll I t- I tell you what, Ben. What if we What if we split the difference and there is like maybe a box that you tick on the website before you make the post? Oh, just a disclaimer. Says, like, I am a I am of sound mind. Um, I have spoken to you know a professional. I just about think... having my dick eaten. My my dick ate. I believe yes, the phrase is, but yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm worried, frankly. Ben, that um that your take on this is going to preclude anyone from getting their dick eaten. Oh, because you don't think anyone that wants to have their dick eaten could be healthy? Wow. Now who's bigoted? Oh, well, I've, ableist. I've, I've, wow. I feel like I feel like if you go to a, if you went to any given doctor or um, mental health professional and said, uh, "Hey, just planning to have a stranger come by my house, a German computer technician come by my house, um, cut my dick off." Uh, after giving me a bottle of sleeping pills, schnapps and shit, and cook it in front of me, and then we're going to try and eat it. I don't even know uh, if he got cool? the alcohol on the sleeping pills before the dick was cut off. I think he might have oh. had those afterwards. Were you there? I mean, I... How do you know I, all this? I was there in the sense that I have the Wikipedia page open in front of me. Oh. So yes, I, I was essentially there. <laughs> ben has spent a lot of his time mapping out an intensely detailed timeline of these events. <laughs> Um, because clearly this guy made a few mistakes, but let's be honest, it's not really the kind of thing you get a second go at. You don't. It's very unfortunate. Well, you know what? I think ultimately it's a happy story. This this is, you know, two people where one person's thing was eating someone's dick and the other person's thing was having his dick eaten. And, you know, what are the odds of those two people ever meeting? You know, statistically, very unlikely... One of them is serving a lifetime in jail, the other one is dead, but otherwise, just real glad things were everyone got what they wanted, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's nice. Nice ending for our podcast. Very happy. Yeah. yeah. There's a happy note to end on. All right. Mm. Uh, can, yep. Before we go, can I just say that as a nice little caveat to that previous story, uh, the dude that's in prison is now a vegetarian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Well, I wonder what put him off. I, I, <laughs> I just feel like that's like two steps above like you'd think reform would be like okay I'm not eating people anymore not but now he's like oh meat a bit unethical for me no thank you 
Yeah, but it's also possible that he's gone in the other direction and he's like, well, if I can't get the kind of meat I want, what's the point? That's true. Oh, yeah, he yeah. might just be incidentally vegetarian, not intentionally. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He's been quarantined away from dicks he can eat. <laughs> um, you know, so... That's what I call being in a relationship, am I right? That's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yep. Well, let's, um, let's leave it there. Let's, yeah, let's stick a pin in it. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, well, let's do another one of these next week. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone.